Well, here we are, mid-February. Christmas, well behind us, and the summer seems a long way off. Always seems a bit of a dull month, I think, February. It's not even an easy word to spell. You know, if you think, February, how do you spell that again? Wait a minute now. And you know that rhyme that we say, 30 days have September, April, June and November, all the rest have 31, excepting February alone, which sometimes seems like it must be 48, but actually it is the shortest month. But apart from Valentine's Day, there's not really much that happens in February. And Valentine's Day has largely passed me by. I'm not sure I've ever had a Valentine card. But then I'm married to an engineer, which is more of a personality type than a profession. So I wonder how many of us here today or listening online, and can I just give a, a quick little wave to Felicity in France if she's watching online today. But I wonder how many of us are feeling a bit February spiritually. You know, when you read one of those Christian books where the author is glowing in the presence of God, you know, they're dynamic, they're passionate, they're walking with God 24-7, miracles are happening, God speaks to them every day, and by the time you've got to the second chapter, you're beginning to doubt your own salvation. Well, if you're feeling like the writer this morning, and if your experience is seated in the heavenlies, well, you can have a little snooze for the next 15 minutes because I'm going to speak to those of us who are feeling a bit February. Now, not that anybody should feel guilty about that because there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. When I chose the title for this morning's talk, which is Intimate Friendship with God, I wondered if I was really qualified to speak on the subject. I certainly haven't got it all sewn up, not by any means. I've still got the L plates on. Could I speak with conviction about something if I'm personally not where I would like to be? However, intimacy with God is something that I aspire to. It's my heart's desire, this moment by moment, hour by hour awareness of the presence of God. And being a bit dull spiritually and longing for more of God is something that the psalmists were familiar with. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us. That's Psalm 80. O God, do not keep silent. Be not quiet, O God. Be not still. Psalm 83. My soul yearns, even faints, for the court of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Psalm 84. We could go on and on. And what about the hymn writers? William Cowper wrote, Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? What peacefulness I once enjoyed, how sweet their memory still. But they have left an aching void the world can never fill. Or the modern songwriter Tim Hughes, There must be more than this. O breath of God, come breathe within. Fill us anew, we pray. And that is our prayer today. Fill us anew, we pray. So, Let's have a look at how we can enjoy intimate friendship with the living God. First, it has to be personal. You can't be a friend of a friend or like a Facebook friend. In John chapter 4, we read of how Jesus met a woman in Samaria. And after chatting for a little while, she realised who he was, the promised Messiah, the Son of God. She's obviously so excited by this realisation that she rushes off to tell her friends and neighbours and then we read what happens next in verses 9 to 42. 
Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days, and because of his words, many more of them became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. We don't believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour. It had become a personal relationship. They weren't dependent any longer on the woman's testimony. They knew for themselves. Sadly, we can remember people who came to church. Perhaps they went on an alpha course, even got baptised, but sadly no longer involved today. Now, joining a church is not like joining any other kind of social grouping. You have to be born again into it. It's a spiritual birth. Somebody can walk away from a belief or a religion or a church. However, you cannot easily leave a relationship. So I want to ask you today, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Or are you just tagging along with someone else's faith? The only thing that can keep you from his love is you. We were created to live in communion with God and to walk with him daily. From our side of the relationship, the thing that pleases God is faith. We cannot do anything to earn his love. We are loved passionately by Father God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I like what C.C. Littlejohn wrote about faith. Faith is not something like a belief or feeling that needs to be forced to be embraced. It's not even really a mind-made decision that weighs all that it's learned about the Lord Jesus and then commits to it through reason. In the end, faith is a pure, solid commitment of the heart to follow forever what you know to be absolute truth. Forgive me if I've told you this story before, but sometimes it's just good to be reminded of what God has done in the past. But after I became a Christian in 1983, I was praying for family and friends to be saved. My dad was invited to a men's dinner at Chowdean, and he could see the difference in the people he met, and he thought the speaker on that occasion was very interesting, but he wasn't convinced. He went home and wrote a poem describing himself as Doubting Thomas. A little while later, I bought him a Bible and underlined the verses from Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. A weekend or so later, Dad came to church on a Sunday evening, and the preacher chose to speak on Hebrews 11 and the need for faith. Well, you know, I was so excited, I could hardly sit still. It was all I could do to stop myself from shouting hallelujah, because I was convinced that this would be the day that Dad would be saved. After the service, nothing. Didn't say anything at all about what the speaker's message was about. Well, I was disappointed and thought that it hadn't got through at all. The next day, I decided to fast as well as pray. Now, I have to confess that I'm not particularly good at fasting. I find myself wondering if a mug of Oxo counts as food or are you allowed to drink that? It's not quite the right attitude. However, a few days later, Dad came down to the office and were having a cuppa. 
He said nothing about church, and I was feeling quite disappointed. But I had a daily reading book on the desk in the office, and when I glanced at it, the top it read, Your prayers have been heard in heaven and were answered the day that you fasted and prayed before the Lord. Dad started to come to church regularly, and some months later wrote another poem, a testimony in time, where he said that he hadn't seen a blinding flash of light, but slowly and gradually had come to that relationship with Jesus. Throughout the rest of his life, he rarely missed attending church. And one thing that I remember especially was that when we sang the song Majesty, he always stood up, even if nobody else did. Now, Dad was quite a shy and rather private man who wouldn't like to draw attention to himself. So he would feel quite embarrassed to be the only person standing. But if it was majesty, he always stood. Now, Jesus will not force his way in, but his desire is for intimacy with us. It's amazingly wonderful that he desires this intimacy with us, but he does. He loves you as if there were only you to love. In John chapter 3, in verse 1, says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. What he desires is our trust, in spite of all that life throws at us. Things go wrong, and we doubt. Or alternatively, life goes smoothly, and we become complacent and apathetic, and we lose our focus on the Lord. Mark chapter 4, verses 3, it's a very familiar parable of the sower. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a 100 times. And Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the disciples asked the Lord to explain the parable, and he gives them the meaning from verse 14. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and snatches away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times what was sown. Don't we all want to be like that good seed? To know the Lord is an extraordinary honour, but also a great responsibility to live faithfully and worthy of our calling. What prevents us from having that everyday, close walk with the Lord is sin. Now, my problem, and possibly the same for others here today, is that we just don't desire this intimate relationship with the Lord enough. Again, I'll quote from C.C. Littlejohn. 
An authentic experience of relationship with God is no simple matter. Its pursuit cannot be entered in with half-hearted strength, weak devotion, or divided attention. For the sacred award of the gift is too valuable. The heart of God and his deep, mighty purposes could never be easily exposed or given to one weak in want. And those words really challenged me, weak in want. And I thought, yeah, that's it. But in Jeremiah chapter 29, in the message translation, it says, when you come looking for me, yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Isn't that a lovely promise from God? When you really seek him, you will not be disappointed. He is a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. On the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sin. At any time, we can repent and find the forgiveness and love of God. This year, I took up a new hobby. I've never been any good at crafts. In the first lockdown, I really tried knitting, crocheting, you know, any sewing. I'm, I'm really hopeless at anything like that. But I spotted on YouTube earlier in the year, crafting with pieces of broken jewellery. I have one I made earlier. See, there's a, a little Christmas tree that's just made out of broken pieces of jewellery. And if you really like a lot of bling, how about that one for a lot of bling? But I just thought, you know, I'm taking broken things, damaged things, rejected, unwanted, useless things, an earring that's lost its partner, and making them into something else. And it just made me think, doesn't God take the broken pieces of our lives and make them into something beautiful? Now, I know that none of them are perfect. You know, I can see flaws in them all. But I like it because I made it. Now, God is looking at each one of us today, his creations, and saying, okay, well, they're not perfect, but I love them anyway. And it reminded me of an old chorus that we used to sing. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. Then he made something beautiful of my life. But of course, relationships take time. It takes time to get to know someone, especially someone as complex and awesome as God. It's his desire to be known by us, but he needs us to take the time to be with him. Last year, I read the Bible in one year. This year, I'm following a book of quiet meditations, which might involve just thinking about one or two verses at a time. But time is the necessary element that allows faith and trust to grow. There's no roundabout, shortcut way to establish intimate relationship and friendship with God. It cannot be rushed. Our Lord wants us to enjoy the journey with him as he enjoys it with us. And eventually, eventually, we will see him face to face. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Nicky Gumbel said on, about the Lord's return, On this great day, 
you will be brought into a place of complete intimacy with Jesus. Take the most beautiful relationship you have ever seen and multiply it a million times and you will get some idea of the sheer beauty you will experience with God in eternity. That thought should inspire us to live holy lives here and now in anticipation of what is to come and to seek that intimate friendship with God. So, for everyone who came in here today feeling a bit February, a bit dull in spirit, I hope that you've been encouraged. You are loved and new every morning is the love. There's always more to know and to experience. Now, I asked Chris if we could have a song played now. It's by the Sidewalk Prophets. And I, I mean, this song moved me to tears, and I know it moved Chris to tears as well. But I just want, while this is playing, just reflect for a few moments on where you are at the moment with God. The words on this um, song is, I am the sweat on your brow, but you love me anyway. I am the thorn in your crown, but you love me anyway. I am the nail in your wrist, but you love me anyway. I am Judas' kiss, but you love me anyway. And he does. Sorry. Anyway, enjoy the song. The question was raised as my conscience fell. A silly little lie It didn't mean much But it lingers still In the corners of my mind Still you call me to walk On the edge of this world To spread my dreams and fly But the future's so far My heart is so frail
Heather said, I, I kind of sat out trying to learn that song, but I was just, I couldn't get past those 